Hi and welcome. This is Buffering, an island talks podcast with Esra Egin and Yorvos Kaguris. We're two Cypriots living and working in Lisbon and Brussels, bringing you dispatches from the alternate Cypriot universe. This week, what is really happening in Varosha? What is really happening with the government in the north? What is really happening with the radical center in the south suddenly loving the federation? This podcast is not funded by Eleni Theoharus, Toki, or the Immovable Property Commission, which has no money anyway. Happy November, everyone. Welcome back to Buffering. Hello, Esra. Hi. I hope our listeners have not forgotten about us. We haven't forgotten about the podcast. We're very busy with uh, work and with uh, university on my side here in Brussels. Yeah, that's and why. And I was depressed because of what's happening in the northern part of Cyprus. Actually, the whole of Cyprus, effectively. Um, so since we're trying to make this podcast a bit light and, you know, even funny, I could not laugh about what was going on until now, but um, I think I've recovered now. Well, there's always space for gallows humor. Maybe I'm more of a psychopath, but after a couple of days, I was able <laughs> to find things funny, like the entire CV of Arsene Tatar, who he actually is, how he parallels so many people in the South, how he's oh ideal for them. Yeah. That gave me joy to an extent because if they don't, if they didn't like Akinji talking to them about green politics, gender uh, equality, and the importance of culture, well, now <laughs> they have a they have an accountant, Maradin scandal, son of a public official. They're not because of his talents, but because of who he is. <laughs> They're friends now. They can be friends. They can they can oh, have totally. the exact communication they need. I expect them to get along so well with Ersin Tatar, and it's I mean the the negotiations if they ever start they will be so smooth and they will agree to disagree on everything and they will have their coffee and whiskey and they will just uh, have a, a very smooth negotiation process. Nobody pushing them to accept this or that or make concessions or hurry up or go to the five party or nothing like that. You know, and they'll probably have their uh, public spats that will be explosive discussions over the media, which actually happened when Tatar said, Anastasiadis told me that he'd like to stay. And Anastasiadis came out and said, you're lying. And that's great for your audience (laughs) for both sides. It's not very productive, but it's exactly what both of them need. So, sure, why not? Sure, why not? You don't like Akunju? We have Tatar. <laughs> now, if you belong in the uh, in the group of people that always see uh, something positive happening and put your dreams in a line like dominoes expecting things to happen in an ideal way on every step of the way to arrive at the ideal solution. Because I've seen people saying, if Biden gets elected and if he pressures us, and if that happens, and if Erdogan is pressured as well, and if Erdogan says, okay, there's a lot of ifs there that have to happen in the exact yeah, same way for the things exactly. to return back to our fabled Bison-Oba Confederation. That could happen, but it's less likely that things go as planned and more likely that things will happen by accident and then we'll have to deal with whatever happens. And I don't know if we can, at this point, hope that the accident leads to something we can live with and build on in the future or if it leads to a complete complete yeah. mess that we can't deal with that's our options now the ideal thing that we were working so hard for before it's not there anymore no. and it's such a shame because so many people really believed in this and worked so hard and spent time and effort for these negotiations um, and to achieve a bison or bicommunal federation and 
you know, now it's like uh, we, I mean, listening to the speeches of um, Ersin Tatar and Turkish President Erdogan, they are clearly referring to a solution between two states, two sovereign states. I mean, we have gone back 50 years. We've, we've gone back to Denktash times, you know. And it is, um, it is such a shame, really. It's, it's as if all that work, all that time, all that hope, all that effort was for nothing. And we are back to point zero. But you know what? You say a lot of people worked so hard for this. But the fact is that not many people worked for this. It's always the minorities on both sides, uh, either pro-solution or anti-solution, that negotiate these things. It's them that worked for it. The majority of people on both sides didn't have a say or involvement. Sense. Or a stance, maybe in the north more because it's more direct, but in the south especially the stance is not that clear. And it's easier in the south too, at least to talk about the Cyprus problem in nebulous, easy, happy ways without having to ever be checked for mm -hmm. what you have to say. Mm -hmm. So maybe one of the good side effects of this situation is that everyone is suddenly forced to understand that this is the situation and these things might actually happen now. Yeah. It's not enough. And it's not acceptable to just say a generic thing like, I like the Federation, but I don't like it to be by its own, or I like it to have the right, <laughs> the right details in it. And, the fine and little details to like fight about. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to miss the Federation talk a lot. This is my hunch. Or the Federation will somehow become, for the South as well, will become the new idealized thing that we never got for 50 yeah, years. Yeah, because it was now we are not pro-federation we have a turkish cypriot leader who is talking about who, who you know that federation is dead and buried and whatever so now your side the greek cypriot leadership will become the most pro-federation leadership ever i'm guessing but not even pro i think the problem right now and we'll start i guess from the south for this and then we'll jump to the north the problem is that right now in the south the government is not even, it's technically pro-federation, it will talk about it, it will make the statements, it convinces the EU, thankfully, to make strong statements about it and come out and say, no, no, this is the model that we're going for. But what they're characterized by a lot is panic rather than strategy. Right now, you have discussions happening in the National Council with the parties, they see Nagel told Anastasiadis, go, go to negotiations, you have to go, there's no other way to uh, sort this out. But when they talk to journalists behind the scenes and the, and the sense they're giving is that there's no point in going anyway because Turkey will do whatever it wants. So why are you going? So pick one of the two worldviews and go with that with a strategy instead of reacting in a panicked way. Yeah. Either go and have a strategy on how to achieve the things you want given the situation or say Turkey is being provocative or we're not going to negotiations. Either is a strategy in a sense. Yeah. But right it's now... Going, but saying we're going but nothing will happen is... yeah. Right now they're infuriating. Right now it's like the self-defeating psychology of someone saying, I'll go to the gym but I'll be bored in a week and I won't go again so what's the point? But I'll go. Mm. And you go and you don't like it anyway because you mm. never... You set yourself up not liking it. So yeah. it doesn't turn out to be anything because you don't have connection with what you're supposed to be doing and the other funny side effects is suddenly you get the center you know the radical center the codex uh they discovered how beautiful federation is and that it should be protected mm -hmm. this this aim which is shown in the fact that when sisobulos and Lilikas met the other day and said we'll form 
a, an alliance that will be anti-bisonal. <laughs> Notice, anti-bisonal. They don't like a bisonal solution. Okay. Well, they want a federation, but not a bisonal one. It seems so, because Eleni Theoharos, you can tell, say a lot of things about her, but you can't say she's not direct. She goes underneath one of the tweets of these people, either Sizopoulos yeah. or Lilikas, I don't remember which one. And she's like, okay, yeah, but... Are you anti-bisonal, but are you also anti-federation now? Because I'm not sure where you're going with this. Yeah. And yeah. her point being that she wants to put herself out there that, no, I'm still anti-federation. I'm, I'm the actual resistant fighter, which is mm. right in her self-serving way. Yeah. I would ask them if they are okay with a trizonal or a four-zone federation, because those can be tried too. Well, and I'll leave you with this little tidbit. At some point, uh, Lilikas wrote books and make interventions about how a federation could be multi-regional. Mm, yeah, so those yeah. ideas have been there. And that's the yeah. tragedy of Lilikas as well. He mm. started out with interesting ideas, trying to break the molds, and yeah. then started changing the way he was approaching things according to which party could lead him into power and then he lost all he, he lost the people that could have followed him yeah. so he reminds you of someone in the north that started out yeah. with a lot of brave new ideas then got in bed with turkey then got in bed yeah. with the far right then got yeah. burnt and now i don't know who likes him still burnt nobody just saying, <laughs> just saying. they nobody. should be friends they should be friends and run for they should they should run for a uh, president and vice president. This is why this yeah. the, with the federation, this idea of a single ticket with a president and a vice president, a, a, like a Greek Cypriot president and a Turkish Cypriot vice president or vice versa. I think this was such a good idea because we have politicians who would get along so well and become a, such a good team together. And uh, what's better way to get the communities to cooperate, right? So I was always um, a supporter of the single ticket, but yeah, it was not a, a popular idea in the north. When it was actually discussed, we're having a lot of jokes about pairing people up, and uh, Likas Ozersai was an obvious pairing up. Definitely. And I remember once I and, was interviewed... And Serdar Denktash and Papadopoulos. Well, that's completely obvious. They're the same. <laughs> the same yeah. party. The name is there. Everything is there. They, should, they will just be ready to, in a counterfactual where uh, the service problem is solved or anything, you'd get a dominant ruling democratic party by communal ruling everything. Mm -hmm. The the ruling families would just intermarry, and you'd have a president, Papadopoulos Dentash, you know, slash, oh, slash, because they would be born from a mixed marriage. They would yeah. they would go along fine. It would be great. They would run us, the, the bicommunal elite. But they would have to work, so they didn't choose to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you would have a Ibriano to fun ticket. I don't know. They would, they would have to, they would dislike each other, but would actually maybe kind of work. Maybe more I of an Averov. I fun more with Anastasia. I think more with Averov. Averov to fun would work. Oh my god, Averov, totally. It would work perfectly. Or Averov and Toros. Best friends. No. I mean, no. I mean they, they are personally good friends, but politically, I don't think they would get along. I think they would figure it out. No, but Toros is very openly pro-Federation and pro-Solution in a way Averov never was. So Averov will be when things blow that way. If ever things blow that way, Averov will be ready to yeah. follow. He's just not ready to lead when it comes to these things. 
the other the other pair, Teoharos Tatar. <laughs> that would actually no. work because they Teoharos, both want. Teoharos with um, Erhan Arikla. The. Oh, I don't know. She would take him to court. She's actually saying he should go to court because of uh, because of the Vusolomu uh, killing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she wouldn't fit with their with her. Um, mm. But they say but, the same things, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think she's just flexible enough to uh, to cooperate with Tatar, but not enough to go to okay. completely disregard everything she talks about. Because if anything, yeah. she's direct. Yeah. But Arikle... Um, and the Elanda, you know? Could see maybe, but I would. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised even with someone from Diko, like a Diko government. Diko, yeah. Because yeah. you know. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, Akel did them a favor of forgiving Tasqualopoulos for everything he'd done in the past, which are not comparable, but so yeah. maybe they would do the favor to the Turkish secret far right. Yeah, they could. I mean, it's funny to think about counterfactuals, but let's think about the future. Let's go to the north. So let's go to the north and see what's happening with the government formation, if it's ever going to form. Is it there? Okay. Is it in the air? Mm-hmm. There's no one doing anything. I don't understand how. Last I saw, Tufan got the the yeah. magic paper from Tata, the duty so. to form the coalition. Yes, Tufan Erdogan, the head of um, the Republican Turkish Party, now has the duty to form a coalition government because he doesn't have enough parliamentarians, deputies to form the government on his own. Um, we've been without a government since the end of um, October and things are running. So, which really tells us that whether we have a government or not, it doesn't really make a difference. Maybe we will just, we can just abolish it and just, you know, let, it, let things go. Is that what um, they want though? Do they want that so that uh, they give credence to an idea of a presidential system so things can well, be like this is my this is my personal opinion that that's okay this may be um besides other things not its sole purpose was not this but this may be uh like an exercise to see how a presidential system would look like in the northern part of cyprus because right now effectively that's what's happening we have a president who is is running everything and um normally we would have a prime minister um and uh, put it in quotes if you want to ahead <laughs> of I have them the right there I'm putting them I have some I have a basket of quotes and I'm just adding okay, them Okay just place them as you Yeah 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 <laughs> as we go So um and you, and uh, you will remember that we had a huge scandal there was a general assembly of the National Unity Party after Ersin Tatar got elected president and then it was cancelled because the allegations which have not been denied um say that Turkey did not like the two candidates that were going to the runoff Excuse me, it was something about the Rin, like the guy that was ahead because he had met with the mayor of Istanbul at some point. Ah, okay. Yes? Yeah, it's, yeah it's there was something like this. Very possible, very possible. So then they both withdrew their um, candidacy 
And then they said they would repeat the, like, do another general assembly. Then that was cancelled. And then the deputy head of the party got the duty to form a government. He could not. He was rejected by both Kudretos Arsai and um, Tufana Herman. And he needs one of, one of the two parties to to have majority and now Tufan has the uh, duty to form the the coalition um i don't really expect a coalition government to be formed um it seems like we are going to have early elections um for for the parliament so there's for... not enough numbers for a government from Jetsepe either no they can't not enough, not enough in peace to support it no so that could lead us having legislative elections on both sides in 2021, which is a chance for messages to be sent <laughs> from the voters, we, if voters care anymore about anything. Election time is never good for Cyprus because there are all these like grandstanding and heroic messages and this and that from the right. And, and the left, at least in the north, usually leans towards the right to in a in a bit to get right wing votes to um, accept a minority of politicians. So yeah, I mean, but uh, but maybe Erdogan will come up with a, a solution that will not require elections. You never know. I mean, there's a lot of talk that they are trying to get a number of um, deputies from Kudretos Arsai's party to resign and support UBP. So if like the offer is very attractive and they cannot say no, that could be a possibility. So you mean so if they are... get an offer, they can't refuse? Exactly. You know. Um, so there are, we know that there are a lot of, um, efforts behind the scenes to come up with a structure, a coalition, um, with, with the current composition of the parliament. Uh, but, but we have to see what happens. But, you know, I mean, we are, as I said, we, we, we have come to a, such a stage that, you know, things are just, happening because Turkey says that they should ha happen, that they should be done and things are being done and you know we we don't really it's really a, a coalition government if it's going to be a puppet you know it's it's we could just might as well stay like this you know so before we sign off what's happening with Russia now we had the whole we had the whole situation there and we had the protests by the Turkish Cypriots. Not that many by the Cypriots because there was Corona and there was no imaginative way with which there could be a big protest for this important issue. Um, but what's happening now? Are work still continuing? Is there any specifics happening? I've been hearing about, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Toki, the housing authority of Turkey coming in and making plans. And the Konya mayor. So what is actually happening uh, <laughs> Nobody right <knows>. now? <laughs> um, we don't Maybe not even Tatar knows what's happening. He's, he's expecting information from, from Ankara. We don't know what Konya Mayor was doing there. We can guess what Toki was doing there. Toki is the, um, the building, the state building company of, uh, of Turkey. Um, Yes, we had a huge demonstration by Turkish Cypriots. It was both because of Turkey meddling in the elections 
um, meddling in the politics, meddling in the Turkish Cypriot lifestyle, culture and identity. And it was also against what is being planned in Varosha. However, when uh, Turkish President Erdogan was in Varosha last week, um, many people expected um, very provocative statements regarding Varosha, um, but his statement was very, were very careful and he made a special effort not to you know, imply any violation of international law. And he talked about the real owners of the, of the city and that they will be able to, you know, come and, you know, claim their property. And he talked about the Immovable Property Commission, which is the commission that is solving the property problems of Greek Cypriots who have left property in the north. Varosha was not under the, IPC, the International Property Commission, could not make any decisions about Varosha because Varosha is a military uh, zone. But by changing its status or part of its status, I don't know if they are planning to do this for the whole of Varosha or part of Varosha or they are going to do it in stages. But by changing the status and not um, giving it a civilian status, would enable the Property Commission to make decisions about Varosha. That would mean that everyone who owns property in Varosha can apply to the Property Commission to ask for the return of their property or compensation for their property. And they've been saying that since uh, the IPC doesn't seem to have that much money anymore, uh, that and the political reasoning would be also behind this, it's less likely they would give money and more likely they would actually give them back in order to push people to come back under this is, the this is administration. What, yeah, this is what reason tells us. But we know that with Turkey, the Turkish administration and the current Turkish Cypriot administration, we they don't really follow reason necessarily and uh, you know we, we so i can't i'm i would not be comfortable telling you yes most probably they will return their properties to the people i hope that will be the case but i cannot this we're talking about a very unpredictable duo here well, there's discussion about about this in the south whether people should apply to the commission in order to protect their uh, properties because you can also make the argument that it's the only way to protect it and to prevent plants from moving ahead because if you if you claim it you uh, assure that you own it in front of the european court of exactly. human rights and everyone then it's up to you whether it gets sold to uh, some friend of erdogan's to build a hotel isn't it and then you can say no but that's a but exactly. it's a really fluid situation because you don't know what each person will do on this but you can't really hold it's, back development it is, but yeah but it's very likely and reasonable to assume that if they make a call for people to apply and people don't go then erdogan may say you know we made a call and uh, you know 50 percent of the people have not claimed their property so my hoteliers are coming into you know um or my pr property people are coming in to to fix these properties and start using them true it's interesting you pointed out how in their statements they tried to be careful in what they said because okay i'll disagree with you partly 
it was provocative the whole setup intentionally so oh, yeah. to make it painful to people and to sure. create and to create tension and to create this impression that we're doing this on the other hand though and this will tie into what i want to mention before we close they're careful not to overstep international law more than necessary i think mm-hmm. that i don't think they're unpredictable i think they're very predictable in what they're doing they're trying to say we're doing whatever we're doing within the security council resolution framework because we we still promise that people can come back etc we didn't change the status of the entire region we're just changing here and there where we can and where we can get away with and that will lead into an interesting way to read their actions from now on mm-hmm. because the question for what's happening now is in the in december the european union and the council they sit down they're supposed to sit down and look at what turkey has done since october mm-hmm. and decide whether it's time for for sanctions or some sort of measures now the way that turkey has been acting vis-a-vis the eu in the past few months has not been good not only when it comes to Greece and Cyprus and all that but also in the spat with france and also in how they got involved themselves in the war between Armenia and Azerbaijan, which means that there will not be likely to be tolerant of them, even if Erdogan comes out tomorrow and says, we go back to negotiations, federal solution and our brothers and all that. But the prediction is to be that Turkey might start stepping down its rhetorical engagement, trying to get away with things. Mm-hmm. And you've seen Erdogan say, oh, but our future is in the EU now. Yeah. And also there was information that came out just yesterday that Ibrahim Kalin, uh, Erdogan's number two, or whatever you yeah. want to call him, his, his Jeeves, his butler, when his came butler. to Brussels to meet with people from uh, the council ahead of the next council on December 2nd. Mm-hmm. So it seems that there is some sort of movement happening because yeah. there's only so much that Turkey is willing to overstep because it knows where the lines are. Mm-hmm. And the EU has set down the lines now when it comes mm-hmm. to the two-state solution. The US and Russia have, interestingly as well, came out mm-hmm. and said, we don't like this, this is not a good idea. So what we might be seeing now is some sort of tough speaking ahead of a negotiation where they will bring that up as an option, but that might that could act as a way to energize the rest to really push for mm-hmm. some sort of federal, even if loose solution. So it's really interesting and and fluid time that gets lost in the in the grand statements and the way that Erdogan mm-hmm. especially likes to bullshit in that grand, eloquent, annoying way, right? the way yeah. that he speaks as if he's talking to, to his leaders all the time, so to his followers. So there's a lot of things to, to keep an eye on on the next mm-hmm. for the next week. Yep, until we, we will meet be again. keeping an eye on all of them. And, and we promise we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. This was Ezra from Lisbon. This was Yorgos from Brussels. And have a good rest of the week. Take care, put on your mask, cover your nose, and don't don't let them get you down. Don't get depressed. We will survive. <laughs> we will survive. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus. Island Talks. Open. Diverse. Free.